to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 239 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin Mackay. Hello. A much healthier looking Colin Mackay this week. Fe- feeling a bit better. I'm still really, really tired though. Um, and I keep going up and down, so I feel like you know, I'm over the I'm over the, the wall. And then like, the next day I wake up and no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I've been set back again. I've caught me and dragged me back in. So I'm all over the place just now. So yeah. But I'm um, not feeling as tired tonight, which is good. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go. So, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy you're on the mend. Ready um, to talk film. Yes, this is episode two hundred and thirty nine. So why that's significant? Why? It's not really. It's just no. It's not. There's, there's no one has. No one has like, <laughs> you know, that's like if you look at that. Even, even looking at it, like sort of three hundred sixty five days in a year, two hundred thirty nine would be like sort of like mid September, which no yeah. one gives a fuck about mid September. <laughs> you know. It's like, um, it's 200 days after the 39 steps there you go that you go um, what are you drinking tonight are you having a drink tonight oh yeah I'm, I'm drinking um, Joker IPA oh nice Joker which IPA which I know I know, I know you like you're quite you're quite fond of your Joker I do IPA, like a Joker yes yeah yeah. so I figured it's uh, from right. Williams Brothers isn't it it is Williams Brothers, Brothers yeah yes. and it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's quite kind of average I mean it's, it's not too strong it's not too weak it's not too fizzy and yeah, it's, it's just a a good all-round light drink. So. Yeah, it's one of those ones, if I can't see anything else in the bar that I'm really jumping at and I see that, I'm, I'm, it's always a nice kind of fallbacky one you can sort of just, you know you'll be fine yeah. drinking it. You know, you're not going to be quite happy yeah. drinking it. Um, plus, I'm, I'm not really getting out to, to pick up better selections. I'm kind of limited as to... So what's it, what's left in the fridge, basically? Aye, aye, pretty much. So we're, we're on to the Joker IPA, which is the last of it, I think. What are oh, you drinking? You're I am drinking, drinking one beer. called, it's called Phantom. Oh, it's spelled with an F. F, yes, and it's from Pivovara Medvigrad. So I think it's Croatian, actually. Yes, oldest and biggest Croatian brewery. This is a hazy pale ale. It tastes really I like that boat. That that's a very like kind of peasant European boss. Yeah, we're all just the biggest. That that's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which we, we, should we should catch? We're all just the biggest. Fuck you. They might yeah. might be the only. To be fair, um, <laughs> <laughs> it tastes kind of like a, a not quite. I wouldn't. I'm going to call it. It tastes a bit like an off-brand Blue Moon. Mm. You know, like it, it's got it's a hint of Blue Moon taste. To it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. but it's more hazy than that. But it's, it's still nice. Very refreshing on a Thursday night. It's a very cool bottle as well. It's quite. Mm. A, it invokes mysterious like lighthouse. Mm. Rebellion. Look at it. It's a wee yeah. guy, like a sort of like a, a protester. Oh, what's he protesting against? I don't know. He, he's got his face mask and stuff on, and it looks like he's about to go, and, you know, start some shit. So yeah. <laughs> but at least he's aware of COVID. He's got his yeah. face mask. He's a protester yeah. or, a, or a football casual. One of the two. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. It's one of it's one of the one of the two. But it's very nice. It's a very nice Thursday night beer. It's nothing too heavy. Nothing. Nothing that's going to break. So uh, is the, this run you've been on my beers? It does seem to be all Eastern European. Was that the theme for? Yes, I believe that was the theme uh, for the box at the time. Yes, yeah, so that's why it's all. It's well, last, last week was um, South African. Oh, it's South African, yeah. But it was brewed yeah, in like, Croatia or something, wasn't it? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. from South Africa. Far, farmed out. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to some movies, movie stuff. So I'm going to start, before we get to the stuff we watched, we're going to a wee rest in peace um, for oh. William Hurt, who passed away this oh, week. Oh, yeah, I've see, I seen that. Yeah, that's 71? That I, I didn't think he was as... I mean, it's, it's not an old age, is it, 71? You, you it's it's not particularly old, but I think he never kind of seemed old as well. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. Um, fondest memory of William Hurt is... Probably children of a lesser god is probably what sticks with me most. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy you said that. He didn't, and he didn't say General Ross from Incredible Hulk. I felt you were just going pure Marvel with it. No, no, no. Uh, way, way back in the day, I remember watching that film, you know, and like the kind of the, the whole death theme and stuff like that. And mm. uh, I think it won Oscars and shit. And I, I was quite like 
you know, that, that was maybe one of the first time I appreciated proper filmmaking because yeah, it, yeah. it was a long time ago as well. And I think that was really eye over to, you know, what a really good movie is and proper, yeah. proper amazing performance, yeah. Um, what about yourself? Would for me, broadca- broadcast news. Broad- I yeah, fucking yeah. love broadcast news in a big you bad way. You also forget how famous he was back in he the day. He was so famous. Yeah, back in like sort of late 80s, he was, he was mm. insanely famous. And, and that film as well, that, that was like one of the, I think that was like either the biggest hit or like the second or third biggest hit that year. And it had William Hurt, um, Albert Brooks, and Polly Hunter. That was a three. That was a triple header cast. You go, yeah. That would not I mean it's, they're amazing in it. They're brilliant in it. You go, but that was like the big one, of the biggest films of like whatever year that was out. And but I love that film. Yeah. I watch that film once a year. Probably watch it twice a year. Something. It is one of my favorite movies. I I've not love it. seen it for a long, long time, but I remember enjoying it. I've seen it a few times. Way, way and back it's so. It, it was made like in the nineteen eighties, but it's so on the nose of what like sort of the news became. You know, like sort of not quite fake news, but sort of like um, dramatizing the news to try and get a story when it wasn't a story, or like sort of you know in certain sort of um, um, narrative as opposed to tell rather than telling the news you're telling a story yeah you know yeah, yeah. you run it from certain angles and the, big, the big twist in it that, that causes a big fallout in it comes from that that he's not reporting correctly in some you know it's sort of it's yeah. that kind of thing yeah, you know? he's kind of taking liberties with a truth to sensationalise to yes, generate that's interest it, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, I, quite, I think it's an amazing a, film I love that movie prophet, a, a prophetic film yeah, yeah very much so very much so yeah it's good but when I'll, you get a bit yeah Children of Lesser God for me was you know the, the, the real head turner was like you know the this is like wow. This is proper filmmaking. Yeah, so, yeah. You never really had. I think the only kind of thing you went for the big hitter was like Lost in Space, and that kind of backfired on them because everyone absolutely hated that film. I don't think it's bad. I'm, out the, to I'm me, the same. I, I, I kind of. I don't. I, I think Matt LeBlanc was a bit of a dicker, um, you know. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm like I don't see why he got so much hate. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I think it just got a bit like a, bloated. I think maybe that's maybe. But when you think about the source material, but do you know I mean it's like there's a core kind of blowhard kind of fancy that you know maybe care enough about original to, to maybe think this is shy but all in that you're like you know it was it was like pitchforks out for this movie and it's so it just kind of came from nowhere do you know what I mean it certainly wasn't the fan base because it's like I say it was a cult show at best do you know what I mean mm-hmm. for the 60s anyway so um, I don't know who was you know carrying the the, the, the fucking pitchforks but yeah, it, it did get, get absolutely crucified when it first came out, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I remember I've seen that in yeah. Australia. I remember seeing that in Australia. Gary Oldman's in it, for goodness sake. Gary Oldman. Been well, a villain, no less. I, the cast is, is, is decent. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Apart from Mark Lebel. Yeah. Back, back on William Hurt, I'd also mention the film, um, the M. Night Shyamalan film, um, The Village, which mm. probably some the wrong way because it's your usual twist ending, but I thought generally it was a very good film. And he's very good in it. It's sort of this sort of very pious. Um, reverent at the centre of it, um, yeah. sort of all the town. Really good film. Very yeah. just to look at him go. He's a very good actor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the man is quite effortless. I mean, you, you yeah. didn't see the, the the mechanics. You just seen you know the the, the character on screen. Yeah. Um, so and, uh, William Hurt. Very sad that. to lose an actor of, of that of that ilk. Um, R.I.P. Sir. R.I.P. William Hurt. Sad um, you. Oh man, that's a downer. I want to start happy. with that so we so we can go up from there. So we can go up from cool. There. Um, have you watched anything interesting at home me. this week? Um, um. Oh right. So I finished um my glass blowing program. Um, I watched the final, the final two episodes this week. Um, do, do you know what I hate, though, right? Is you the watch the reality television? Do, do not knock it, son. Okay, <laughs> to, can, uh, I've now got a, an appreciation of glory holes that I never knew I had in me. <laughs> but it's always the same with these shows. As you start out with like 10, 12 contestants, and immediately, you know, you're like, right, this is my favourite, and I hate this one. And by the end of it, it's always your favourite and the one you hate that are left and it's always the one you hate that fucking wins. It, it, you know, it's always like, 
sometimes you feel like, have you just played me, you fuckers? Do you know like what I mean? Like, so, yeah, and that's exactly what happened. You know, there was like the, the, the one that I liked um, lost to the one that I couldn't stand. Um, and it made me quite, oh, I, was quite I was quite frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been dipping my toes into um, another reality show, I guess. It's um, Prison Breaks, um, but it's Morgan Freeman narrating it. Morgan yeah. Freeman, dude. Yeah, Morgan, Freeman does not, Morgan Freeman does not say no to a job. He, he's a well, man who it, he takes a paycheck. <laughs> That man needs money for the weed. We we know nah, that my, shit. Nah, <laughs> weed, has he not been? He's not got a couple of divorces as well, and like um, possibly about a, 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 um, like sort of paternal suits and stuff like that he's paying oh, off. In <laughs> the younger days, possibly. I mean, I'm, I maybe I'm possibly slandering Morgan Freeman right now, but I always sure remember reading Morgan Freeman had, has lived a life. That you don't expect from Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I've quite, you, you could be right. You could be right. And um, there's also a few Me Too kind of slingshots at it as well. Oh, was it? I don't remember them, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a couple. I think um, he, he did apologise profusely and say that, you know, he, his actions were never intended to be perceived as predatory. But um, <laughs> what they most definitely Exactly were. what a predator would say. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's quite it's quite informative. Um, each week it just takes you know a famous prison break and kind of recreates it, and, and you know has experts on talking about it and stuff like that. So I'm quite enjoying it. Um, we've done um, we've done San Quentin. We've done we've done that. Um, we've done Alcatraz. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Alcatraz. Yeah, we've done that. That was the first one. Uh, Danamora was last week, and this week it's uh, a big Mexican prison. Um, so El Chato, I think it's called, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Man. I, I do watch educational materials, so I'm not just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not just popcorn. I, I do try and expand my tiny brain in, in yeah. weird ways, glory holes, and prison breaks. Okay. And I'm going to say Morgan Freeman has got four children, two divorces. I'm going to say that man's got some bills, some bills to pay, and he's yes. smoking those bills. And so he is, he is <laughs> well, a massive weed user as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's very, he's very pro weed. He's like yeah. Kevin Smith, maybe not as vocal, but he's very much, you know, I'm smoking this, and if you want to arrest me, you can fucking arrest me. I don't care. I'm you might know if him and Harrison Ford were in a film at any point because like they just couldn't get anyone out of a trailer because the two of them just absolutely stoned <laughs> off their faces. <laughs> I'm trying to think of they were doing a film together. The, the production lasted six months longer than it had to. They tried to wake up Morgan Freeman and Harrison Ford. Just a lot of cigarette papers lying about. Yeah, spent, spent lighters. Like the new Cheech and Chong is, is Morgan and Harrison. That, do you know what? That would, um, that would work. I'm in for in it. A weird, in a weird parallel universe, that would fucking work so well, wouldn't it? The two of them just cut, cutting about Vegas trying to score some weed. Yeah. Maybe some glass blowing and prison breaks. Anything else you've watched of interest this week? Uh, no. No, I won't. Uh, cheers, but yeah, we'll skip past that. I'm still yes. watching Cheers. Um, still. One, thing, one thing I've watched this week, not, not movie-related, um, was um, I watched full season two of Upload, which is on Amazon. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. It's, it's um, Anna Mel, not Robbie Amel, the other Amel, um, who says it's set in a world... Are, are they related, like, these two Amels? I think they're cousins, or possibly. I'm not thinking they're brothers, I think they're cousins, but they, they definitely cool. look very similar to each other. Um, can, can any of them act? As... Yeah, yeah, they, they, they <laughs> yeah. generally can. They have got, they have got, they have got scope. Um, and this, it's a world <laughs> where... It's kind of a bit Ready Player One-ish, where when you die, before you die, they upload your consciousness into sort of this computer simulation where you can live, and sort of people come and visit you and stuff like that. Um, mm. But it's all based around, you know, sort of money. So if you've got a lot of money, you can have this wonderful afterlife, essentially, where you can do everything you want and you can go crazy. If you haven't got money, you're sort of limited to like two gigs worth of um, like data per month. You're living this really sort of like shitty existence in like sort of this like, you know, very grey, dull, black and white world where, you know, you get crap food and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, and then it's just, and within the story, he does a sort of organisation who want to bring this down because they see it as sort of basically, you know, 
the rich getting what they want and the poor yeah. getting left behind again. The, the story of the world right now. Um, yeah. And also there might be a story behind why he's dead, that he might have been killed for his, because he's a computer programmer for his code. He's actually trying to uncover that, but obviously he can't go anywhere because he's stuck in a computer program. So he makes friends with one of his angels, so these people who look after you in the world, who are like sort of an IT guy who sort of comes and helps yeah. you. And he sort of befriends her and he's trying to like sort of find out what happened in his world. So it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's funny. It's silly. Um, but it's got a real kind of wee heart to it as well. And it's all these people dealing with the idea of mortality and life. And, you know, it reminds me it, of um, Free Jack. Free Jack, a little bit Free Jack, a little bit Free yeah, Guy, yeah, a little where, bit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You to be rich and stuff like that to, to get your body. Imagine, imagine me being. Your angel, oh, for Christ's sake, I know. you'd be fucked. You'd be fucked. You'd, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be, oops, sorry, I've, I've wiped, I'm sorry. sorry. Is there a reset button on this yeah. fucker? <laughs> so it's like, it's only like, season one and season two are only like eight episodes each, so, about, so it moves at a decent pace. And I no, really enjoy it. It's really well done. Um, Where is that, Sean? What's it? Streaming? Amazon. Amazon? Oh, I yeah. might check that out. What look? Sounds like it's, my geeky cup of tea. Yeah, it's, it's definitely some. It's got some nice ideas. I think they're still watching it. So a lot of unrealized ideas that they know that they're trying to go for something. Have not quite. They're still not quite got the tone of are they a comedy? Are they a? Um, are they trying to be serious a little bit? There's a little bit maybe too much going on in that respect. But when it hits, it actually does hit well, and there is some, some genuine really emotion in it. That mm. when it's been emotional, it actually did really hit home for me. There's some really interesting stuff in it. Same with the first oh. season as well. Same with when it was trying to be earnest. I felt that's when it was at its strongest. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I will delve into that. Yeah. One, one day. So our new motto, one yeah. day I'll watch that. One day I'll watch that. <laughs> Thus meaning I'm never going to watch this. Um, I wish you'd get, that's a podcast and making into one day I'll watch about all the shows you're going to watch. And... One day, but never actually watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but from that, we'll move on to things we actually have watched. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> um, we'll go on to Disney Plus um, and we shall talk about the new Pixar movie, which is Turning Red. Um, which is directed by Domi Shi, um, who is a storyboard artist for Pixar. She worked on stuff like The Good Dinosaur, Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, Inside Out, sort of later um, Pixar stuff of, of late. Um, she got a directing sort of debut doing the Pixar short, I think it's pronounced Bao, B-A-O, mm-hmm. the one with the little um, the dumplings, dumplings in it, sort of memories of a baby. It's very, very sweet, very, very cute. Um, I think that ran before... Up, 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 um, up, not, not up, up, it was one. Oh, no, onwards, one no, yeah, onwards, onwards. yeah, I think, I think it did, yeah. I think it did before that one. It's, it's, we'll get into it in a minute, but that's the thing that's annoying me more about the fact stuff's going straight to Disney. You don't get the wee Pixar short before it. And but I there think is, so, on Disney Plus, there is one of the, the, the tabs as Disney shorts. I don't know if they put them straight on I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Oh, that's annoying thing. That's just all the other ones I've done before. Because some of them are absolutely yeah. adorable, the Disney shorts. Yeah. Some of them are, ab- yeah. and also just, Genuinely wonderful story maker. Uh, Sand, sandpiper still. Every time I see that, my heart melts. The one with the wee bird going out and back in. Yes. That just gets me every time, man. It's just the, the sweetest thing that, that yes. I've ever seen. It's just gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, some of them are absolutely. The one, they started out being very comical, like the one with the birds and stuff like that, sitting in the yeah. wire and stuff like that. Yeah. They actually have got to the point of being very, very heartfelt. Oh, the, the volcano one, the singing volcano. Oh, I love it. That's, that, that's, oh, that, again, it gets just straight to the heart. I mean, you're almost crying at the end of that, you know. We, we just pure joy that you know all works out and stuff. Uh, yeah, and this is all done in a space of like you know four or five minutes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's beautiful filmmaking, beautiful storytelling, yeah. and you know, and that's why you can tell why she's been given this film, and um, because it is sort of um, she's obviously a wonderful filmmaker, she can do things like that. This film mm. is very much based, I think, on her own upbringing in some ways, to some degree. Um, I believe she's uh, 
a Chinese Canadian, I believe, and yes. this is so it's, so it's very much based in her world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the world, you've got a young girl who is turning thirteen, and she is sort of she loves it's set in nineteen nineties Toronto. She's loving life. She's got her best friends. She's got her. You know, she's got our school life that she's kicking ass at. And she's the only thing she loves more in the world is the boy who works in the convenience store and also the the boy band of choice at the moment, which I think they're called four. Four t- four town. Four town, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although there's five of them. Why are they called four town when there's five of them? As, as the mum quips at some point. Yeah. It's a fair point. Um yeah. <laughs> unbeknownst to her, what um, the family has got a a, a cuss, some would say, or a, or a um, yeah, cuss. A gift. Yeah, yeah. Cuss yeah. or a gift. Um, the, when you turn 13, um, essentially, when you get overexcited, um, you turn into a giant red panda. Um, yeah. And until yeah. you calm down, you don't turn back to yourself. So she's now got to try and control this new power of every time she gets excited, she's going to a giant panda. Um, at the same time, she's trying panda, yeah. to, uh, there's a, a ritual that can take place at some point that will so basically contain the panda within and she won't have the problem anymore. Um, but she's beginning to like the panda possibly and she's also at the same time trying to raise money so they can go to see this favourite band that are playing in Toronto. Um, and all the, the problems that come with trying to be a giant panda living in Toronto. And a teenage girl as well. And I'd be yeah. a teenage girl living in Toronto, yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so in it, you've got Rosalie Chang, who plays the um, young girl. It's her first film, I think, by all accounts. So she's, she was only like 12 or 13 when she actually started recording it, so it's really it's her first sort of run at something. Uh, you get Sandra Oh playing the mother, Ava Moss, Orion Lee, and Sherry, the wonderfully named Sherry Cola is one of the friends, which I think is a, a wonderful... Um, oh, yeah, that's a really uh, good name, Sherry Cola. I... Yeah. Uh, I am too old, but I'm assuming she's a YouTuber or a TikToker, but I don't know for sure. But a name like Sherry Cola, I assume you are. Is it Sherry or Cherry Cola? Sherry, as in S H E R Y Cola. Oh, Sherry, that's, that's, that's pretty. See, my parents were never that cool. Corn, no, you know I mean, right, I don't think. Right, I think it might be a TikTok yeah. name or possibly a, like a, a YouTube name, and that's what she's going by. It means would be glory hole, wouldn't it? That's... That would be yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'll start on this one. Like number one, I think we can both admit we're both very big Pixar fans, and um, we're, yeah, we're definitely yeah. in the bag for Pixar. And, we, and always, yeah. I'll get to the disappointment part of first. I am. I, I look at Pixar movies in the same way that I look at like a Marvel film or Star Wars or you know any franchise movie. I want to see it in the big screen. I think Pixar is event cinema that should be viewed as such, and I want to see it in the cinema. So the fact this has went straight to um, Disney Plus, I find really sad and disappointing. I think it should be in the cinema. Um, and, I, I feel, and I feel really sad that something that comes from Pixar is essentially being used now as just content for to get people to buy Disney Plus. You know, it feels better than that, and it feels like they're a bit. They feel they deserve more respect than that. But that's just personal opinion. Interesting. I'll, I'll give you my spin on that in a minute or two. Okay, fair enough. Um, that being said, the film itself I thought was really vibrant, very, very funny. Um, I, I absolutely was a couple of times I was actually howling with laughter. Um, and it's just it's genuinely very heartfelt. It's to Pixar doing what it does best. There's not, there's no stone of emotion unturned in this, but that's not a bad thing. Pixar knows exactly what it's doing and knows how to do it well. Oh, um, yeah. Laughs are all played perfectly, I thought. Characters felt all felt real and relatable. I don't know why I related so much to a 13-year-old girl and her friends, but I de- definitely felt like, I'm, I know these people. These people seem like my people. Um, <laughs> and again, the animation is quite, it's, I thought it was it's different. It's definitely Pixar, but it feels a bit different. It's, it's very bold colours. It's, it's not... I think there's, there's a manga style to it. A, a little bit, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, it's quite, quite intentional. Yeah. It, and it's very bold colours. It's almost the way I, I, like a teenage girl would see the world. You know, it's, it's not. Mm. You know, shades of grey is all very much, you know, everything's like bright red, bright, bright red. Red, pink, blue. Yeah, yeah all that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
brings the nineties as well, you know, back, you know, and I felt like it did feel very at the time nineties. It didn't feel odd to be in the nineties as well. I thought it worked really well having it in that era as well. Um, and I liked the way the animation switched when it was telling a backstory. It's, you know, it tells a legend of the the panda essentially. Yeah, um, goes to goes to the kind of paper type animation. Yeah, and I thought that was really wonderful, but it didn't feel odd. It's, it's a nice a nice switch. And just generally, like a lot of Pixar films, I had a really enjoyable time watching it, I, and I genuinely felt we got everything right in terms of the emotion and the, the heart to it. And just I found it really wonderful, and it had a really important message in terms of like you know what it is to be a young person and particularly a young girl in in um, uh, in the world. And the fact that it's, it, it's, a, it's a Disney Pixar film that very openly deals with, like, sexuality and about, you know, women... A girl with through puberty <laughs> and stuff like that. It, it got yeah. to that, and it's like... Yeah. Some of the criticism I've seen with people saying, like, oh, we don't want teenage girls with the... You know, you know, shown this because this is you know this is not a true representation of what teenage girls like, and, and every teenage girl that I've ever known has told me, you know, it's like, that is what life is like. You know, it's sort of... You know, when you're at that age, that's what life is like. You know, you are sort of very much... Up and down and stuff. As we, every person is when they're that age, you know, there's very highs and very lows. And it, I thought it got it perfectly, naturally, what it, what life would be like for a young girl. But maybe, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Just waiting for you to stand up and be wearing like a wee manga miniskirt and waving pom poms now. No, I just, I think, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's brave because again, there's, there's so many films again take, and it's from the male point of view and it's, it's always that it's all most of them are from the male vision and um, mm. in this film very specifically it's from the female point of view and it's the mother who is a sort of the main person in the household the yeah. father is very much sidelined which he has yeah. he has a couple of key scenes that make sense and they're, and they're wonderful in it and it explains why he is the way he is but it's very much a female-led story and that's yeah. it's it's quite rare to see. So even with like Brave, which is obviously a female-led story, but for the most part, even Pixar, most of the stories are, you know, male-led and through through the male vision. So to see something from a female point of view is is it's refreshing, and I and I genuinely very much enjoyed it. What about yourself? Hated it. Really? Completely. Oh this... no way. <laughs> um, I, I've never I've never ever disliked a Pixar movie and um, even you know low tier Pixar like Cars 3 and shit like that there's still stuff in that like the characters are relatable because you've built a relationship with them um, for me that this is Disney's poorest poorest work they've done I think you're an um, old man if they didn't get it Paul um, no no I think I, I think it was smarter not to release it in cinema because um, I think the criticism that they've got would have fucking hurt Pixar in a big way. But every critical response to this film has been huge. It's been massive. Mm, I, I've read a few. Uh, no, no, yeah, but people, not, are, who are, people are against it saying are against it because they say it comes from like, a point of view they don't understand. It's like, well, yeah, that doesn't make, make, make it a bad film because you, you, you're not a teenage girl. I just thought it was dead shallow. Um, I, 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 the characters were, were, were intensely annoying um, all the way through. Um, I've got a teenage daughter and none of those characters evoked my relationship with my daughter at all, um, com- completely not. Um, you know, it's of kind of got experience of teenage girls in yeah. a fucking real life situation, um, and you know that's not the mindset of your average teenage girl at all. Um, I, at least, I disagree. I think least, it totally at, is. At least not, you know, um, from a kind of Western point of view. Perhaps okay. cultural differences, perhaps, um, you know, because I know Japan, China, and, and kind of parent-child relationships, they're 
completely different. So maybe that's a part of it that, that I don't get. But I, I just found the characters annoying as hell. For, for, for the, I mean, honestly, dude, for the opening 30 seconds, I was like, oh, that, this, this is great. And it just grated for, you know, more than an hour and a half. Um, the animation, as always, you know, you, you can't fault what they're doing animation-wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just nothing nothing relatable at all in this. Um, I don't feel the same as you. I think it was 2002, it was maybe set. Um, no, it's, 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 um, like 2000, it's 1999. I don't think they captured the era at all. I didn't, you know, they've been Tamagotchis and shit, and they're, they're, and they're listening Tam- to CDs and stuff. No, I didn't get the era from it at all. Um, sorry, I didn't pick up on it. Um, but ultimately, it was also as well. Um, the, the, the biggest message I got off it is, you know, your parents are dicks. You know better than your parents do what you fucking want. And I'm like, that, that's, that's not, not the message. Don't convey that message to kids, man. It kind of is. You know I mean, it's like, why you know, not convey that message to kids? You know, it's more no, think for yourself. Because they're fucking kids. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you think for yourself when you're ready to think for yourself, not when you're fucking daft hormonal fucking teenager that you know is liable to make all the fucking wrong choices all the time you sound like an old old man uh, p- perhaps um but no I, I, I was really really disappointed with this one and i think the, the choice not to put it in the big screen i think is probably been one that's been thought about behind the scenes i don't think it's a fuck you to pixar anyway i think it's just you know we've got to protect Pixar and ourselves, and that's why they've done it. I think. No, I think it's a fuck you to Pixar for some reason. I don't know why, but they've done that's like three in a row now. Um, you know, if, you, if you're going to put shit films on picks on Disney Plus round the cinema, then you ask the question: Why was Eternals in the cinema when that was a big pile of shit? That's been straight. That's been straight. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, but uh, no, yeah. that, that works on TV as well. Um, but no, um, up up until this point onwards, I thought was the the, the worst Pixar, and that this is now, you know, head and shoulders the worst. No, Cars oh, Three I, is by far the worst Pixar. I, but again, Cars Three is is shit Pixar. But I've got Cars One and Two that I'm so invested in these characters that there's an attachment with that. Do you know what I mean? That you kind of forgive. It's not a great film, but you mm. know that all the characters there that you love and you know, so that gives you that comfort going into it. Okay. Um, do you know what I mean? The, the plot and the story is shit, you know what I mean? But mate are still there. I've still got Lightning McQueen, do you know what I mean? I've got Sarge, I've got Fillmore. They're there, so instantly I'm comfortable, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I know where I am at, whereas with us, it's just, there's not, there's nothing related to it at all, nothing whatsoever. Sorry, I disagree, so I generally thought it was, it was so warm and heartfelt and it, it has inside out vibes in terms of what it what it pulls on. Really? It's weird because yeah. I, I was I was watching it and, and I genuinely in my head thought, you know, Richard's gonna be quite angry about this as well. No. It absolutely <laughs> I, got I me. honestly did it. Yeah, cool, absolutely. Got me. I mean that that good. Do you know I mean? I'm glad, you know, it's obviously working and you know, as you say, there's positive reviews out there for it as well. So, you know, it's working for people, but nah, that just it, as I say, for, for it, honestly, for, for the opening few seconds it, I was like here we go do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and it was just it went on and I was like going to just finish because um, it, it was predictable as hell as well um, the, the, I mean that, that is but I mean I, I mean we watch so many films I find most films relatively predictable to be honest unless it's Chris Nolan yeah yeah, yeah um, I, mean, I also I also do think um, there's going to be a lot of families watching this with younger children that are going to have to deal with some awkward questions afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. 
But uh, that, it, I think there's, I think it's there. But I mean, the whole even the title turning red and a giant red panda. Yeah. It's not exactly <laughs> subtle what it is. But I think much like Inside Out, I think you can read it in two different ways. You know, the kids might young young kids might you see it as oh she gets excited she's done with a big panda. I think yeah. you know there is obviously the, the subtext there. Um, and and well, it's, it's barely subtext. One is it's pretty, you know, pretty obvious. Yeah, for it, it's, honest, yeah you know? it's, it's very obvious. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. obvious. But um, I think young kids would it will go over their head enough that they won't they won't notice it. You know. Um, but, I have read. I don't want to jump in a bandwagon because I don't usually give a fuck about a lot of people's opinions. But there's been a few reviews I've read that have said that it, it almost seems like you know this this is a slice of this filmmaker's life. And it's almost like it's a film she's making for her and her friends. And I, I kind of get where, where, why you could say that. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I get that. But then I think, I think you could argue that point about Mitchell versus Machines. Yeah. It's also the same idea. You can argue the same about Onward. It's exactly the same. You can argue the same thing about, you know, 95% of films. If people try yeah. to like sort of do it a film for the people they like and hopefully everyone, a lot of people do like it but it's made for a small group and if we like it we hope you like it too so that I don't necessarily take as a criticism if you know if, if I was making a film I'd make a film to try and impress like kind of like yourself and maybe Stu and Chris and things like that. I'd make it and, and hopefully out with that group other people would enjoy it but I'd be kind of going like well if you guys like it I like it then I'm kind of happy with that and let's, and let's see what this world takes yeah. so I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to make a film that um, appeals to the people in your world and then hopefully other people like it. What I do have a problem is when people make a film that's trying to tick all the boxes, which we've seen in the past, you know, because it comes out of those like sort of four sector movies, but it's like it's utterly bland. For example, Uncharted, you know, when mm-hmm. it's and it's almost forgettable because it's trying to tick so many boxes to please so many people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I can barely remember anything about that film and that happened what, three weeks ago? Yeah, a month ago. Yeah, month ago, you know, no, so I get you. You know, you know what I mean? So I think there's nothing wrong with making a film for a very specific audience, you know, uh, and hopefully it'll branch, it'll branch. I mean, did you enjoy um, Licorice Pizza? I did, yeah. Yeah, that's made for a small... That's made by PTS... P, well, PTA, mm. in order to sort of go to the all the young girls in his neighbourhood who rejected him and go, like, fuck you, look at me, I was cool and hip and I could have pulled you if I wanted to. It's just yeah. to try and show off to those girls in that neighbourhood, you know, who, who didn't go off and who didn't go for him. So... I, I, I see no issue with trying to make it for an audience, a small audience, and hopefully other people enjoy it. Cool. Cool. Out of 10. Eight. Oh. Uh, three and a half. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's so tragic. I'm sorry, man. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, just quickly before we move on to our next one, you mentioned Mitchell's and the Machines. Yes. Lost out in the BAFTAs. It didn't get a BAFTA for best. Oh, what won it? Uh, give me some. I'll tell Flea? No. The documentary about the sort of... Mm. No, 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 I can't remember. It, it wasn't Mitchell's anime. Um, it was some other animated nonsense. That... Well, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think what else is up for it then, because I, I, I think Flea's getting a lot of the kind of um, uh, sort of big, the big hit stuff just now, because it was sort of like it's a, it's um, quite a touching story, obviously about um, you know, um, like refugees and stuff like that in, in the world and things like that. So it's. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of with that, so but yeah, never... just because I know that was your movie of the year, you you were you, you totally embraced that movie, and, it, and I, I liked it as well a lot in a, in a big way. But yeah, it, it lost out, I'm afraid. So, to, to that's some, a shame. I still hope for it, the, I have hopes for it at the um, the Oscars. At the Oscars, like, I think it's I think it's um, going to be one of these kind of films that's going to appeal to that audience. Um, mm. 
But I, 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 I can kind of totally get why. Encanto won it. Oh, fuck off, Encanto. Encanto. Which I've not seen Encanto yet, which it does seem a lot like Day of the Dead. Uh, the, the, not Day of the it Dead. It is always like Day of the Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's fine. I am going to bet Encanto is the one film that all the kids of the people who are voting for it had saw, and that's why they voted for it. <laughs> because anyway, let's go back on to a higher. Let, let's not let's not let's not bring this down. Um, Teenage so, Richards. I, I am happy to see Summer of Soul one best documentary. That was it. <laughs> um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, sir. And I did. I, I do know you do embrace Teenage Girl Richards. In a weird oh, fucking way, very and we, we used to I, talk about this before. You, you do go into yeah. character very easily with a shit. Oh, yeah. um, teenage girl Richard so, loves this kind of stuff. I, I enjoy a, a good teen girl rom com. I also you enjoy. Do. You it's, know. It's, it's like when we seen Jim and the holograms. You know that was that was fan girl Richard yeah. right there, and I've seen I've seen fan girl Richard at work, and it's yeah. it, it's pretty but but weird. It's why I love Dawson's Creek. It's why I love things like <laughs> why I can sing still verbatim the entire Alanis Morissette jagged little pill album. I have a, I have an inner teenage girl that's busting to get out. You do, yeah. and this film, I'm glad that I appears to the teenage girl. Grumpy old dad Colin, not so much. So yes. Yeah. Um, so move on to one. That I think we're appeal. I I think we're appeal more to grumpy old dad Colin because it's got boys in it and it's got guns in it and it's got shit like that in it. And that is the Adam Project. The Adam um, Project, yes. Directed by Sean Levy, um, who directed films like Real Steel, which I think is probably the, best, the kind of best comparison to this film in terms of tone. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He also done a film called Date Night with um, Steve Carell and Tina Fey, which I found very funny. Which really is it. me and Lorraine's like go to whenever we're feeling yeah. blue. We, put, we love this because I think it was it's, we're supposed to fortunate at that when you just go to the cinema at the right time and lightning strikes and you know just, we chef we all done it. Remember once he's yeah. chef and well means it's probably an average film. But the right crowd at the right time, it becomes this totally different thing. And date night is does that for me and Lorraine. So whenever we're feeling blue, we'll go to date night and we just laugh like kids all the way through. It's brilliant. Absolutely. What we do in the shadows is me and Jill's. We watch that at least twice, once or twice a year. I know that's like a great yeah. film, so it's a bit different. Kingsman, stuff like that. I mean, it's just Kingsman. Jill likes Kingsman. I really get it. Like me with Jim and Hogg. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, it's a terrible move, but we must have went in just with, you know, whatever. We were on a high and we enjoyed it. That Dora the Explorer. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah, it's yeah. just. You just Get some. It's just the right people, the right time. And it's like just it becomes. It just make elevates the film to you know well, amazing stages. Yeah. Interestingly, he also makes a film who I, I would put that in my category. And he directed the Pink Panther movie, which I think is hilariously funny. Yeah. No one else likes yeah. it. But yeah. I, think that I, I don't funny. mind it at all. I, I enjoyed it. I think the problem is assholes compare it to Peter Sellers, and it's like don't. I mean, I really enjoy his, Steve Martin's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, version of that character. Wanna... I like, and I like. Steve Martin's funny, and there's a funny clue. So, yeah, like Absolutely. the hamburger scene. I think it. it's still one of the funny things I've seen. <laughs> I've been laughing my head off at that. Um, he also directed the Night Museum trilogy, which I was, you know, not many, and he very recently um, he directed Free Guy, which was um, a, 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 a amazingly big hit, which I thought was a distinctly average film. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he knows what he's doing. That this this man can make. He, he, he kind of knows how to go for the the, yeah. the funny. You know, yes. he's a funny boy. Yeah, yeah. So in this film, you have a pilot in the future who they've discovered time travel. So he, he has to travel back in time to find his younger self so that he can find his father in order to stop something from happening so that he can be with his wife for longer. But on the way, other things happen where time travel has to be used in order to stop something extra bad from happening. Mm-hmm. Would that be right? 
simplicity. Well, yeah, I think we can spoil this one quite yeah. a bit. I think, you know, it's on Netflix. We can't spoil big cinema releases, but it's shit Netflix. You can spoil that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So in the film, you've got Ryan Reynolds. He plays the old pilot. Um, yeah. And he goes back in time and he meets Walter Scoble, who is his younger self. His 12-year-old self. 12-year-old yeah. self. Yeah. You've got Mark Ruffalo, who plays his dad, who they go back further in time to be an ex. It's like, and he goes from like 2015 to 2012 to like 20, or 20, 2018. To 2015 yeah. or something, isn't it? Something like that. So yeah. back two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also in the film, you've got Jennifer Garner. She plays the the wife of Mark yeah. Ruffalo in the 30 going on, 13 going on 30, you know, reunion yep. we've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> And again, I don't even say that facetiously. I was genuinely looking forward to that because <laughs> I like that film. And Zoe Saldana pops. Zoe Saldana pops well. up in yeah. it. Literally pops up in it, and that's about it. And yeah, Catherine yeah. Keener um, yeah. also pops up in it for about a minute and a half. Um, like you start this one. What do you think of this one? Um, I'm kind of. I thought I was starting to get a bit bored with Ryan Reynolds um, doing Ryan Reynolds because he's, he's become a bit too comfortable. He's got a stick that he's been sticking to for a while now. Which, what, what, what I started thinking about on the back here is, is, is Ryan Reynolds more than that? And then I got to thinking about some other Ryan Reynolds roles that we've seen in the past. And he can, he, he, yeah, he, he can do more. Um, it was the one where he was the, the kind of body swapping one as well. It's similar to what we were talking Remember where he kind of goes in the run and he's... That one is still a bit quippy. Obviously, you might look at stuff like Smoking Aces. Yeah, yeah. So Reynolds can act. He's he can, not yes, just absolutely this can. Absolutely character, can act, yes. but he seems to be almost doing an Adam Sandler, and you know he's found he's found a money maker. You know, he's found a huge money maker. Yeah. As, as rich as you are, you know, you still he's still working for a living. Um, you know, yeah. so he's found he's found a Netflix money maker. They're going to man runs a man owns a mobile phone network. He needs to make cash. He makes aviation gin. For goodness yeah. sake, he owns a football <laughs> club. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, he's, he's, he's you know, he's a, he's an actor. He's making money. He's making money. Yes. Netflix have said, you know, here's an Adam Sandler deal for you know, make funny movies for us, and he's embracing it. Um, yes. And I thought, you know, here we go, Ryan Reynolds again, being Deadpool. Um, what we're going to get? And once more, uh, he charmed the pants off me again. Um, because he's Ryan Reynolds and he's good at it. That, that's the problem is, you know, he, he's good at doing this kind of shit. He's quippy and he's good at being quippy and he's handsome and charming and, you know, he's, he's fucking masculine and you know, I, I embrace that shit. I'm like, yeah, that's, that, I want that from Ryan Reynolds as well. I agree. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I enjoyed Reynolds in this film more than enjoyed Reynolds in the film probably since Deadpool. Because um, yeah. in Deadpool it felt fresh. This felt a bit fresher. And I would yeah. argue in this film... Yes, he's quippy. Yes, he's got this, the same thing there that you know that, that you can't expect from, from Reynolds. There's also a real sadness to his character in this, you know, which I feel oh, like yeah, when yeah. he's talking to Jennifer Garner on the bar and he's talking to his mother on the bar, like obviously she doesn't know. There's a uh-huh. real genuine heartache there, and you can sense it. And that's through. where you see the Reynolds. That yes, it's not just like it's not uh-huh. just quippy. It's not just you yeah. know being sarcastic and, and sort of going for the easy joke and and making mm-hmm. you know saying something kind of filthy, you know, just to try and get a laugh. There's, yeah. There is a genuine heart to the film there, um, and, I, um, and I think so. The, I, I think that what I was going to, as I was going to say is that the whole film had a lot more heart than I was hoping, you know, or than yeah. I was expecting from it. Um, you know, I went mean, in, you know, I was like, cool sci-fi adventure, you know, time travel, here we go, and it throws a lot of heart. There's, there's emotion and depth in it. Um, That's why I was compared to Real Steel. Real Steel did that as well. Real Steel had a lot yeah. of like, emotion, more emotion than expect in a film about fighting robots. Yeah, absolutely. Um Jennifer Garner was um, a delightful addition to it. 
Um, underused, but when she was there, you know, you you, you kind of get why she's Jennifer Gardner. You know, yeah. it's Jennifer Gardner's it's a name, you know, and usually it's tied up with the kind of shit that went on with Affleck and stuff like that. But then when you see her on screen, you're like, no, you know, she's fucking Jennifer Gardner for a reason. You know, yeah, she she's got a lot of charm and she's got a lot of she she's got a presence and and again. She's the woman in it, in the film, um, Mark Ruffalo's character is dead, so that it's um, yeah. her and her, her son are sort of pretty much in the after. It's only about a year after it, in the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell that she's seriously grieving and, she, and she's yes. struggling with life to try and continue on life. And it, it's not overtly said, really. It's not like pushed on it. It's not like sort of, she, in fact, she never says anything about it. It's, just, it's what you get from other characters, but you can sense yeah. through her performance that she's a woman who is definitely struggling. And as you said back at the beginning of the sentence, um, Underused, she doesn't get Very much screen underused, time. Yeah. But what screen time she's got? Yeah, you get all that just from the two or three scenes she's got. Um, yeah. she's remarkable. She's probably um, the wee boy was surprisingly. It it it, it looked like Reynolds. Um, this is what worried for me. This is this got, it, it, yeah. He captured Reynolds well. I was like, wow, man, this wee boy could be like Reynolds. You know, no, this is good. that. This is the strength of this film. The two of them play the same person very well. <laughs> yeah, um, apparently works, the wee yeah. kid in real life is a massive Deadpool fan like he's sort of like he's like sort ah, of right, okay, and he's sort of right. been watching Reynolds for a long time but he got the delivery that Reynolds can do he he got he got that element right and once you get that down I think the rest of the character flows from there so when they yeah. tour when they tour together on screen I think it's definitely the strongest and it, it works yeah. off each other both of them work, working off each other very very well and um, that is going to yeah. be the absolute strength of the film the, um, the sci-fi story itself does fall apart very quickly plot holes all over the place yes. again but time travel time travel is hard to do, do yeah. very hard to do um, if you do with kind of comedy I guess there's a lot more kind of room for error you know it's not so bad um, which this luckily does um, but yeah I mean if you wanted to pick holes in it you could sit all day and you know if I can pick stitches all the way through it right. and um, what I was going to say um, just talking about Reynolds finding his stick and stuff like that do you think Matt Ruffalo's starting to find a stick? You know, the, the, the kind of awkward, funny... He's almost become the Bruce Banner character in his roles now. He's got a little bit of a John Lithgow-iness to him now, I think. Mm, maybe, yeah. yeah. Professory a little bit, you know, just sort yeah. of... Just... But there's I... this like, 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 kind of bumbling humility as well. But it, seemed, it almost is like he's, he's kind of playing Bruce Banner. But, I'm, like, that's the thing. I'm trying to think of a, of a because we're so invested in seeing Mark Ruffalo being in the Marvel universe mm. now as Banner. I'm trying yeah. to think of the last film I saw Ruffalo in where he wasn't playing Dark Waters. Banner, I think playing that was probably role. Uh, Dark Waters for me was probably yes, which wasn't that long ago. No, um, so he can't again. He can still do it. You know, when when he doesn't want to be that character much like Reynolds, it, it, you know, he doesn't have to be, but. It's almost like they're making this choice, you know. They're, you know, this, and I, I, I don't know. I guess if you're good at something, then you know that's what you go to. I, I suppose it's the same with actors as as with any job. You know, if you're good at something, that's you're going to kind of recreate over and over again. I mean, he has a three-time um, Oscar nominator, Oscar nomination. You know, so he's, he's not exactly. Yeah. A, he's he, not. He a, can, yeah, again, he can act like fuck. Do you know what I mean? But he just spotlight. Have, he's in spotlight as well. Fox. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah, exactly. But he seems to have just latched on to this Bruce Banner persona almost, and he's carrying that over and over to, to yeah. movies. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. strange. Very strange. I, I mean, it works in this movie. Um, you know, it does, just, yeah. Well Although I don't really get how he is the dad of that boy. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's not a lot of the personality I get between the two of them, between uh, Ruffalo and Garner's characters that would make that kid. I'm not saying every kid has to be like their parents, but I didn't but then, get any then, traits. Then I guess a lot of the kids' characters made after the dad dies. So I Possibly, guess there's, yes. there's yes. two years there where the, yeah. the, the character kind of shifts and changes. But yeah, yeah good chat with this one. Jesus, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I kind of was getting with a bit of an eye roll to say, thinking, right, Reynolds vehicle, here we go again. And and by the end of it, I was like, fuck, I enjoyed that a lot, lot more. I, didn't, I knew I would, would have enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to, a lot more. I would, I would agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable, but it is pretty disposable in the same yeah. way. It's not lingering yeah. too long in the memory. Um, it's maybe borrowing a lot from other places. It um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. becomes a little bit unoriginal in that respect. Um, oh, yeah, so, it's doing nothing new with a genre whatsoever. No. Um, you know, there, there's no originality in it, unfortunately. Um, but again, it's a fun ride. His, villains his are very under, the villains are very underused to the point there's almost no point in being there. Yeah, and there was like a de-aging that, that was horribly done as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. badly done, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, no. no it was like no. Um, Rogue One levels. Of, oh, yeah, shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, which is weird because the actress that played the younger one would have probably... Been fine. Just slotted. Yeah, like, why did you have to de-age her if she's playing her and she's looks like her anyway that, that kind of puzzled me a wee bit um, yeah. Zoe Saldana was good as well when she did turn up she, she kind of turned up so yeah, years she, again. she turned up done her Gardens of the Galaxy shit and then drifted yeah. off again didn't she aye, aye. Um, so it's but, a shame but, again see. a shame again you, you've got three really solid female you know actors in this film you know yeah. Garner Saldana and Kina yeah and be- you've barely got a, a character between the three of them you know, which yeah, and it's not it's not because it's I don't think it's a sexist movie. They don't they don't you know kind of belittle the, the kind of female characters. They're just not given anything to do. do? You know what I mean, yeah, they are, you know they, they don't turn them into sex objects and for that. You know what I mean? They just give yeah. them yeah very very little meat to work with. Like could, could you not have flipped it so that Garner's a genius who's dead and Mark Ruffalo's a dad who's been left easily. Easily, yeah, absolutely. Take a li- maybe take a little bit more weight to the, the, the female character in it because yeah. I get the idea of maybe having Catherine Keener as a main body, and that's like, oh look how it's a it's a female body, not a male body. You know, it's not you know who's who's the usual body in that role. It'd be somebody like um, Thingy from Ready Player One. He's also in Star. He, he plays he's in Captain Marvel. Ben Mendelsohn. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that's that a pure Ben Mendelsohn I've ever saw one, you know, him playing that baddie. Yeah. Um they didn't they went, Oh, we'll go with Catherine Keener. And it's like, yeah, I like Catherine Keener, she's a good actress, always mm. very dependent on whatever she's in. Again, nothing had she had no plot to play with in order to make mm. it to make it interesting. So that was that was that was the biggest disappointment was it it, yeah. it borrows so much that, that there's no real the originality of it, just feels very unoriginal. Villains are so underused, they don't really add much to it, and they just become basically a way to push the plot forward to an end. Yeah. They don't actually yeah. have any sort yeah. of real menace to them. Definitely. But They're disposable villains. Very, very, yeah. I mean, you know, let's throw as many henchmen as we can because we can think of cool ways to take them out. Um, what did you think of the special effects for a Netflix production? Pretty oh, solid. Netflix production, yeah. Pretty solid, yeah. Quite impressed as well. Um, nothing, like, nothing bad. Like, I think that's the thing with the film. It, the spectacle was fine. The real emotional moments, I think that's what Sean Levy does really well. Like it, it really boils, you know, when you think about stuff like Pink Panther and Date Night and real 
Nathan Free guy had it as well. Yeah. You get down to the really emotional stuff in it. He does do that really well. And this had it yeah. as well. When you get down to the really the base, like I said, that scene in the bar with um with uh, Reynolds and Garner. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really lovely. It's really, really, really touching. Um he could easily have played that for like in a back to future like, for last wave where she starts going on to him or something. You could easily, yeah. it, you know, no, have, it was done it did, very earnestly. I, I got chills with it, man. I was like, oh. but, you know, this is like a really heartfelt series, yeah. Scene, you know, it's it, it almost, like, yeah. poignant, yeah, yeah. So, in, in that respect, it just, yeah, just everything, everything is done well. Just mm. it, it's not particularly original, but for what I would say, it's perfect Sunday afternoon viewing if you're sitting or yeah. even, you know, if you're sitting at home on Sunday night. Do you want to keep seeing Reynolds doing this kind of stuff, or do you want to see him branching out? Where's he going to go next? I don't know. I like to see him branching out. Yes. I obviously, I'd like yeah. to see him do that. Um, I'd, I'd also, I don't mind him doing the sardonic lip that he's got because it can be very funny. But don't yeah. make that the only thing in the film. You know, yeah. this film had it, and the people who like that Reynolds will get what they want from Reynolds in that respect. But there's more to it in this film, and that, I think that's what made it for me just infinitely more interesting than say something yeah. like I had Free Guy to me. I was I was nulled by it. I was completely just just didn't yeah. do anything for me at all. I mean, I think it's an average film you can maybe watch as possible. Um, but it's kind of just like I've seen him do this now in like six films in a row. I have no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. Has he directed before Reynolds? Is that I don't think so? Where he's going to go? Maybe possibly. possibly. Is he, is he up to Has he got a deal with Netflix? I'm going to, I'm going to assume that there's some kind of standard deal going on with Netflix because that's the last. Three movies, four now. He's you know they've been pumped out oh, by oh, Netflix. Six Underground and this. What else? Oh, there's another one. Six Underground. Um, this what was the last one of the Mirror Rock. That one. Oh yeah, Red Notice. Mm-hmm. Red Notice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So is, is a, I don't know if he's got you know struck some kind of deal. This was, that, yeah. this is absolutely infinitely better than Red Notice. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mainly because he's not trying to like you know flog his gin all the way through it. And also, <laughs> it looked like they actually went to a few locations rather than filming entirely on green screen, which is what they did yeah. with Red Notice, the look of it. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I thought it was decent-ish. You know, it's, it's a decent-ish film. It's a, it's a fine, yeah. it's a, a passable film. Would you give it a 10? I would, six and a half, easily. For once, we agree. I'm exactly the same, yeah. six and a half. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Um, the heart gave it more than, than probably where it should have been. Um, but yeah, I would like to see Reynolds. I, I'd like to see Reynolds acting again, you know, like, Kind of flexing his muscle because um, I know he can do it, so it'd be nice to see him come back to that. Yes, do some initiative. He should do what Radcliffe done. You know, he's, he's he's kind of done. You know, he's shown the world what he can do. You know, let's yeah, go he's got the these. cash. Go and do go and do some sort of yeah, uh, maybe, maybe maybe Vince Vaughn thing. You know, maybe Vince Vaughn is um, you know, he done all this kind of stuff. He done now. He's been doing, now he's doing stuff like Freaky and he's doing that yeah. prism and cell block and um, yeah, yeah. um drag across concrete. He's doing stuff like that. So. You know, he's going to find yeah. this other little kind of niche kind of film. Maybe Reynolds might do some right. of that eventually. Vince Vaughn's, it's like, we, we all know and love Vince Vaughn as Vince Vaughn, but these the, the recent films he's been doing, he's realised, or people have realised that he's a big imposing hulking bastard. It's like six foot seven or something. It's Vince a whole, absolutely massive man. But you would, but when you you see, you know, like these these older films at like Swingers and stuff, you don't find that, you know, because he's, he's charming, he's funny. But then when you see him in these brutish, fuggish roles, you're like, he's a fucking intimidating big bastard, and they're using that really well. Mm. It's a whole new person you didn't realize was, you know, there. Um, and it, it's fucking insane. Yeah, Especially yeah. that cell block one, you know, that's like Jesus Christ, you know, he's a monster. He's a He's a problem. I think there's very few films that actually really use Vince Vaughn's size. Yeah. He's been a very big man. He could easily play the Kingpin. 
Vince Vaughn. Oh Christ, easily. Aye, aye, because he's not only is he tall, but he's, he's broad, he's big, he's a yeah, huge exactly. man, yeah. And it's, but it's good to see. It's, it's, it's nice because it's like you think you know Vince Vaughn, and then surely this is coming along, and you're like, fuck me, you know, I, I, this, I don't know who this guy is, you know. Exactly. Actually, it, him, makes, it keeps him interesting, it keeps him interesting. And that's that would be what you see Reynolds do. Do something that makes it yeah. interesting, what you do. Yeah, um, which he can do. Yeah, you know, he, he can, can do act, it, they yes. can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well done. We're agreeing something tonight. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, always nice. <laughs> um, on from that one, we'll be with the final film of the week, one that's in the cinema. Uh, it's a film called Red Rocket. I really hope no one who's... I really hope that no one gets Red Rocket and Turning Red confused because they're, they're two <laughs> exceptionally different, different films. Um, and it, you think you think um, Turning Red might scar a young child? This will most definitely scar a child. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, it's written by Sean Baker, um, who we know um, from two films that we absolutely love called Tangerine and The Florida Project, which I think we can both agree who are absolutely So, so Sean Baker, he, he's like the, the, the kind of modern day master and hero of, you know, what, what fucking low budget filmmaking. Um, I would describe him as Mike Lee meets Richard Linklater. Yeah, yeah, but with an iPhone. With an iPhone, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's very much social <laughs> realism, try to get down to make almost like, you're not really sure if you're watching a film, you're watching a documentary, you're watching real yeah. life take place, he's very much that kind of guy, um, and yeah. he's, he's not making, you know, a massive action film, he's making so he's making life, essentially, yeah. and for most yeah. part of these films, you don't really get a full life, you get a, a segment. A day, a day in the life, yeah. You or know, or a week is... or a month, but you're yeah. only getting a short yeah. period of time, you're, only get, you're not getting a full, you're, not, you're almost not getting a full story, you just try to get, you know, you see something at the start, you're kind of hoping they're different Yeah, you're just end. dropped in, you know, and, you know, you're, you're lifted back out back again. Back out again you and know, you're kind you've of left. To, you know, you'll think about that, and uh. that's that's what it does, is it gets you thinking about shit, yeah, so that's what it does one. is make very compelling characters that you feel, you know, good or bad, you feel compelled to want to know more about them, and you like, you, you, yeah. you do stick with you in a, in yeah. a really... In a big way. Um, so the plot of this one is it's an interesting plot where there's a an adult film entertainer returns back to sort of small town in Texas where he's been living, uh, where he's you know where he's been back. He's left like years before. He moves back in with his ex wife and her um, her mother. Um, basically, he's been ran out of LA for varying reasons. You'll find out as the film rolls on. Um, and you really get the very idea that this guy is a huckster. He's, um, you know, he's, he's living on his wits. He's just trying to basically get a bed every night and move from place to place. Um, and he uses his sort of perceived fame to sort of, what's the word? Like, infatuate the locals of this community, you know, who see, like, like LA and Hollywood as sort of, like, the you know, the shining light on, you know, yeah. any city on the hill type thing. And some people are totally transfixed by it and, and you know, fall into his charm because of that. And some people are sort of like, oh, like, you, you know, they, they call him on his, his bullshit very quickly. And you're just seeing this guy try to survive um, and sort of live based on his wits um, and, and you're just following his life. For, for, for over maybe a course of maybe like a, I think it's maybe a, two months three months possibly it's not it's not a long it's not a long it's not a, a, you know years it's relatively short period of time you, you do get very much an idea he lives he's going to be living a very um sort of nomadic life now you know if, if this is you know because he essentially sleeps on someone's couch until he pisses them off enough that they kick him out then he's you know couch surfing off the next the person next one, and, yeah. you know and they'll yeah. alienate them eventually so in the film he, the main character is played by Simon Rex who is apparently an ex-porn star or an ex-porn, you know, actor who was also in some of the scary movies and also superhero movie, you know, the kind of parody films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so this is oh, definitely an interesting okay. step of him. 
And other than that, <laughs> most of the cast are all sort of, they're not real, they're sort of, this is a first film, it's all non-actors just sort of playing the roles. Well, that, this is what he does, is he done it with Tangerine as well. well as it, yeah. was, it was, you know, all kind of transgender people that, that you know, were, were, they weren't actors, you know, they mm. were just people that he knew, friends and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, he was like, right, we're going to make a film. So he... he his second film, um, he, he kind of had Willem Dafoe and stuff for that. Yes. But again, I think the, the kind of female the kids she, at that point they were unknown. Yeah, they, yeah. they were you know lifted straight out. Of, you know, were cast in Europe, and so yeah. yeah, he seems to be able to have this magic of picking obscurity and putting it in front of a camera and and beguiling you with it. Yeah, again, very linked later esque in that respect. You know, he, he mm. does that with a few films. Um, so Brie Elrond and Suzanne Son are sort of the two sort of, I think, actors who appear in it as opposed to. You know, locals yeah. that they find. So <coughs> this is, as you've discussed, we're, we're big fans of Sean Baker, but we're, we're not being yeah. shy about it. We like what he does. This is another you've not seen it yet, but it's a very, very fa- like fascinating character study of what what is possibly one of the worst human beings I've ever seen on on film. Like he's a truly horrendous person. You know, just an absolutely awful, awful. And there is almost no redeeming feature about who he is. You know, you just kind of go, you just would cross the street to avoid this prick. You go, he just is a, an absolute arsehole. Um, and, and there's no other way to describe him. And you yeah. just know he will exploit and destroy anyone who he thinks would advance him even just a, a millimetre in life. You know, is, is the film brave enough to let you roll with that or does it try and give him redeeming qualities? No, it doesn't try and get... I mean, in the film, he, he yeah. strikes up a relationship with a girl who works in a donut shop who's who just turning 18, I believe, in the film. So she's 17 at the time, and she's turning 18. And he essentially infatuates her with, you know, he's a guy from Hollywood, and basically, mm. you know, he's a porn star, so he can fuck like nothing else because that's his one true talent in the world. He can do that, you know, which yeah. to this young girl is incredible, you know, that he can do this to her. And yeah. But you get the idea that he's very much, he's sort of going to... He's trying to sort of coerce her into the porn industry. You know, and it's like it just—it's yeah. just—it's very horrible who he is. But he knows yeah. she's young, she's beautiful, she's innocent looking, gullible. The, yeah. the, the gullible and the initial mm. will snap this up and they'll, and it'll be his way back in for a reason. Um, so it's just as a the character of, of who she is, um, or who he is. Sorry, it's it's just it's a horrible person. But you get to, you get to see how people are swept up in his world. You know, his ex wife yeah. again. He basically. Gets back into her life. She doesn't want him there, but again, he can fuck really good. So she gets. He's like she wants some. She wants some part of him, you know. So, yeah. it's, um, so yeah. eventually, they know they they start to reconnect because she likes what he can give her in that respect, you know. So, um, so he uses his, his talent for what it is, you know, to to meander his way into other people's lives. Looks beautiful again, shot amazingly, you know, even though it is, I don't think it's shot by an iPhone this time, I think they obviously use, you know, they have done you know, what they did with Florida Project, it, but... Does it still have low-budget feel? It still has it's that still, low-budget vibe, yeah, it's still something it, a wee bit missing. I think this is where he shines, is, you know, yes. you take away the constraints yes. of Hollywood and, you know, big budget, you know, give this man bare fucking bones and he, yeah. he gives you art back for it, do you know what I mean? He, Absolutely, he, and that's he what understands the medium he's yeah. got to use and he'll use it to its full... Yeah, it's it's Ken Loach in that respect. It's like social realism. You know, you you're, yeah. you're generally not sure. Are you watching a movie, or are you watching you know someone filming their life? And, and that's what you get it from. Um, and even the sort of the big event in it that sort of causes a, a, an absolute sort of like you know um, collapse of his world. You don't see it. You know, it's it's implied, and it's just sort of this thing that sort of advances the plot. So 
there's no like sort of big moment you go, oh my god, that's where the money went. There's nothing like that. It's all very much just people talking, <laughs> you yeah. know, people people reacting, people yeah. dealing with stuff. Simon Rex in the lead role is genuinely phenomenal. Like he has brilliant in it because like he is so despicable the human in it and he's just he, he embodies the role so well you, again you, you don't know where the actor is and where the the, the role is you know it's, it's that yeah, level yeah. and thinking about the best actor character I know to, to judge something based on Oscars is stupid because you know it's, it's very much a political thing but yeah. why this man's not been mentioned is to me genuinely you know why him and why Jason Isaacs are overlooked is because they, these two films aren't Big enough to be not seen. Hollywood, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. And they Absolutely, should be because yeah. the performance of this guy is from from where he's been, you know, from being a porn star to being in like the parody films, you know, the superhero movie and all that kind of yeah. stuff. To, to this, to this. It's, it's it's fantastic. It really is wonderful. Um, Which is but, weird because the Florida Project got Oscar nods, didn't it? That was uh, the Fogger the Fogger and Order. Think, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah He's only in it for like literally ten minutes as well. He, yeah, so I mean, the, the director has he has in that radar. Do you know, what I mean? yeah. he's in that that stratosphere that, yeah. that you know it's been noticed before. So it's, it's just it's a shame that again it's it's overlooked for the the machine that is. Hollywood, yeah, I think it's getting picking up um, sort of awards sort of the, in the indie circuit, you know, Spirit Awards yeah. and you know all the kinds. But it's, it's definitely been overlooked by the the major academy. Um, yeah. It is very uncomfortable viewing at times, you know. Yeah. The sex scenes in it are played more for comedy and more for silliness, and sort of like there is quite a fair bit of male frontal nudity. But again, it's played for sheer comedy and sheer ridiculousness yeah. of it all, which is it's fine. Yeah, like, the uncomfortable style, yeah, kind not quite that level, but it's definitely going like this is just ridiculous, you know, that kind of level, yeah. but. The uncomfortableness comes from what he does in terms to, you know, with the young girl. It's it's very icky to watch, you know. And it's, I've seen people compare, and I, I don't know, if, I don't really know if it gets away with it, you know, because as, as a young girl being infatuated with an older man, and it's like the Lolita complex and stuff like that, mm. and you're, you're kind of question like, how much is she aware of what's going on, and is it just predatory behaviour? You know, is she, you know, it, it's. Seen people trying to compare it to Licorice Pizza and sort of the older girl, younger man thing and that. And that, and that well, this, this sounds totally different. separate. This does I think it's totally different. This like does feel more pizza pizza this is yeah. So I think yeah. it's it's a hard comparison to make because this one feels very much more, way more predatory than um uh, than that did because that felt very much complicit in what you know he knew he was you know involving himself with in that. Um, mm. but as of all, Sean Baker's film, it's absolutely worthwhile watching. Um, yeah, and. It's one of the kind of films you feel like you, you feel you've been taking the journey. Like you, you've started one place, you've, you've and you feel at the end of, you've, you've got something from it. You don't feel it's, it's not disposable. Like I, I saw it like maybe Monday night, I think it was, and it stuck with me. You know, for yeah. last, you know, and which, which is what Andrew and what Ford has done as well. It stays yeah, we've me. said that before. Anything that makes you chew on it, you know what I mean, it is is well done. I mean, that, that felt you shouldn't watch a uh-huh. film and immediately be thinking about what you're having for dinner. No. Do you know I mean, if you're doing that, the film's missed its mark. You know what I mean? A mm-hmm. film needs to get under your skin and, you know, needs to get you questioning things and, and looking for answers and take you to uncomfortable places sometimes. And yeah. it sounds like this is, and this guy does this with Tangerine, he's done it where the Florida Projector does it as well and sounds like he's done it again. Yeah. Very much so. Um, excellent film. I give it eight out of ten. Cool. I'm desperate to see this one. Um, I would have been out to see it already if mm. I wasn't contagious and going to jeopardise half the planet by doing so. Um, so as, <laughs> as soon as I'm allowed out the door, I'm, I'm going to go and see it. I believe um, it's still on next week, so because there's not a lot out next yeah. week. You've still got the Batman tune up screens, obviously. Um, but I think they're still they're still kind of holding stuff that's in. I saw No Way Home is still in the cinema at Renfrew Street, by the way. 
I know, it's, I, I know, I know. Um, just, just quickly, do, do you remember when, when we, we watched Tangerine? Um, and I think I developed like a major crush on the main character. Remember? You did. Um, I do recall that, yes. And I remember tweeting, tweeting back and forward. And, and I think they responded to me a few times because I'd said you were amazing and stuff like that. And I, I was such a fan, I was a pure gush. You know what I mean, like pure fan of gush. She was wonderful. She replied to me, yeah. I was like, I, I feel lovely. I was like, oh my God. And, and she was like, oh, thank you and stuff like that. And I was just like, pure, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, proper, like, oh, wow, well, this is amazing. Um, you know, oh, Starstruck almost. I mean, but yeah, I totally feel lovely. It does, it, it gives you these. There are people you could know. I mean, there is like you know, situations they put you in where it's like, you know, it's not fantastical. Do you know I mean? It, no one feels is... like a, no one feels like like a, a construct of a a, a a screenplay or of like a Hollywood you know, of like yeah. a session. They all feel like real people. Yeah, lived in worn people. You people, mean like, yeah. like real fucking characters? You know, like the person we'd go and visit and have a chat with, and you know, go and bitch about them to the yeah. next person. That that yeah. kind of people. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so so want to see this one. Um, you, quickly on, on just before we, we anyway, next week we next have some week. interesting stuff out. A very a mixed bag of things out next week to watch. So on Disney Plus we have mm-hmm. the newest reincarnation of Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh God, who's in it now? Um, we've got <laughs> Zach Braff. Oh, mm, I don't know if I like Zach Braff out with Scrubs. See, I'm going. Would- I'm, I'm going to say it, man. I'm going to be that dick. No, I'm. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not going to disagree with you. We've been listening to um, oh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, the podcast. I don't know if you've been listening to it, mm. um, where it's Zach Braff and Donald Faison, um, sort of just reminiscing over the filming of, um, you know, all the scrubs doing it like a, a, a rewatch show, basically, just going over. Yeah. You know, uh, um, and the more I listen to it, the more I am beginning to dislike Zach Braff as a person. Like I think he's a bit of a douche. Yeah, like, he seems very much up his own asshole. Yes, he's very artistic. Yeah, very artsy to the point where, well, if you're not going to give me money to just do art, then you're wrong, you know. And and yeah. you know why wouldn't you just give me ten million dollars so I can go and do this one art with only one person watching? Like, you know, yeah. arts, you know, it's like, eh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that art and self indulgence is a fucking fine line. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think <laughs> Zach Braff and there's a couple of Zach Braff directed films that I really did not enjoy. Um, I really enjoyed Garden State, but the ones he done after that I thought were truly some of them um, really bad. Um, and some of these characters played that one, The Last Kiss, made me visibly and verbally angry in the cinema when I watched it. <laughs> it's like I got really, I got annoyed by it. Um, but this one, he's he's not writing, he's not directing, he's just he's a comedy he's actor, a, and I think comedy. he is a, a very solid comedy actor. Yeah, yeah. I, again, is it is my, my initial statement is out with scrubs, I don't yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, so very yeah, well. comedy. So that's out on Disney yeah. Plus. Out in the mm-hmm. cinema, we have the um, Phantom of the Open, which looks like a very lovable story about a, yeah. a madman trying to win the, <laughs> the, the British it's Open. Tr- it's a true story. I was um, listening to a podcast all about it last insane. night. It's insane. Yes. This is true, man. And he came back as a French man and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is nuts, man. I'm yes. not, what is he? And we do love... Um, what's Matt Rylands. Yeah, Matt Rylands does. You know, he, he, these kind of characters, he just mm. chews them up and spits them out. So I'm excited for this one. I'm looking forward to this one as well. Um, yeah. And also out in some um, will be in the GFT and your more boutique cinemas in the world um, is one called The Worst Person in the World which is a Norwegian movie that's getting a rave reviews 
uh, about a woman going through a bit of a crisis in life and it's just sort of her life unfolding. Um, it's mm. up for best foreign film, I believe, at the Oscars as well. Um, getting amazing reviews. I'm very excited to watch it as well. Okay, but it's not going to be in any major cinemas. It's going to your, be your, your GFTs and your, I think it might be on like some of your streaming services and things like that. Maybe you can find it on there, but it's, it's definitely, it's not, it's not a massive wide release, but it does look very good. Because people be, still yeah. need to see Spider-Man, Richard. You've got to understand Apparently so. Apparently, Spider-Man No Way Home still needs four fucking showings a day to people to see it. You know, anyone who's not seen this film by now, who the fuck are you? Why you yeah. like just? Why have you not seen it? Yeah, uh. yeah absolutely. They're just raking money in the people. So they're just. Mate, I get it. it. I understand. Some of them got to make money, so they need to put on what people go and see. But yeah, you need need more variation. In the cinema, in the last three weeks, we've had like sure. two new films in it. We've had the Batman and we've had um, Phantom of the Open, and that's about it. You know, it's like yeah. a Red Rocket, but it's very little out this the last yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, and they, they, they do they, they, they do cater for the majority, unfortunately. Uh, as we've we've learned that many a time, we've been kind of excited to see a new release that's never materialised. Aye, so very free. Tell me what you find us. Uh, number three, be as in a movie um, on Instagram, Gmail, Twitter. Uh, Facebook, all, all, all the social media places where you can click that we like button and subscribe to us and all that kind of shit. You know, you know that I'm not taking you guys to take it, do that shit. Look us up and click, 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 see you like us and talk to us, give us some feedback, stuff like that. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, man, who can't talk about Reynolds, man? Tell us what you think of Reynolds. We all love Reynolds. Give us, give us your Reynolds stories. Go on, talk to us. I've been Colin, you've been Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.